as of February 9th, 2020, it's been my favorite thing of being a podcaster. It was designed as an archive of the people who I have loved, honored, and respected from months to years. It's been something that's allowed me to grow, show myself at my best. With that said, welcome to Roaming Around Black Lion's Domain. I hope you like who's about to come on. I know I do. Parental discretion is advised. I understand that there are listeners that who may have children under the age of 13 years old listening to this show. Be forewarned that there could be slight to a lot of cussing on this show. Thanks a lot. And recorded. All right. Welcome to Roaming Around, ladies and gentlemen. You just got the gist of what it is. I am Zachary Shiloh. If you need a repeat of who the host is. All right. We have two lovely guests on today. They are personally new to the podcasting scene. I am colored and pressed. You can thank my dear Gra- my dear friend Graham for this wonderful suggestion. This is the second full team that I have the pleasure of interviewing for this podcast. So they are pod they are podcasters, pro wrestling fans. And then the next some odd minutes or however long it takes, we're gonna get to know these two cats very, very well. So, with that said, welcome, Micah and Derek of The Void Podcast. How are you two doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. You know, it's been a nice, relaxing day. I've been sort of mentally preparing myself for this, so I'm very excited to be on. <laughs> All right. What about you, Micah? I'm just having a good old time. I, I got some Panera bread waiting for me upstairs, so it's one thing <laughs> after another. <laughs> Oh, baby, that sounds like quite the treat for you when you get off of here. All right, so I'm not going to waste any more time. All right, fellas, let's get to your backgrounds for my listeners, please, and thank you. Who wants uh, to go first? I guess I can go first. All right. Uh, my background, All right, I... Gentlemen, first. Yeah. Uh, my background, I... Uh, I was a music student at college for a bit. I'm taking a taking a semester off, but uh, I have always wanted to do like podcasting type stuff, and I never really got the chance until uh, me and my good friend Micah here one day. I think we were in the laundry room at college, and we were like, "Hey, let's start a podcast!" And here we are. <laughs> oh, awesome. That is great. All right, Michael, you're up. Uh, so I uh, I was a music student. I'm a recent graduate of the same college. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, one day 
I saw him in the basement of the library watching some highlight of Raw. And I said, hey, is that wrestling? He's like, yeah, I watch wrestling. I was just like, no way. I've never I haven't met anybody here who also watches wrestling. And so we just talked there for about half an hour, 45 minutes before uh, improv. And we were just riffing. Oh, that sounds like a great way to start off a podcast with me, kids. Shit. Oh, man. Improv and in a musical school. Can't ask for any better origin than that. Beyond uh, my origin and uh, one dear Grams, which is absolutely funny and interesting in our own rights. But this is the best one yet to me. All right, folks, as long as you've been pro wrestling fans, uh, what got you into it? Uh, I'll let Micah go first this time. Oh, joys. Um, <laughs> so we, um, growing up, we didn't have, like, uh, we didn't have cable. We just had, like, basic, like, cable, like, like Fox, ABC, CBS. And one, oh, of, the yeah. channels, one of the channels we did get was uh, the CW, uh, which used to have SmackDown. It was like one of the only things that wasn't like 2020 with Katie Couric. That uh, <laughs> like a child would like actively want to watch. Uh, and so I would, I was watching that. Uh, I, I watched wrestling from like the time I was five. It's probably, probably 11. And then I fell off for a long time. And then I kind of got back on around 2015, 2016. And then it really picked up uh because of all in because i had heard who i knew who cody rhodes was and i had heard of this guy kenny omega and i knew who Stephen amell was uh <laughs> and uh someone was just like and then i saw like ray mysterio is gonna be in the main event and i was just like oh my god he's still wrestling like isn't he like 50 years old and so uh all in was like the like the when i truly became like a real wrestling mark oh wow that is a great origin story as far as my pro wrestling background goes i started in 1995 when i was about eight i believe I was browsing around my local TV stations and on Channel 9 or WWOR at that point in time, I noticed that there were guys in uh, underwear ro uh, rolling around in the ring. And I was like, what is this? What is this? And it hooked me ever since. And I've had my ups. I've had my downs with this crazy industry that we love dearly. <laughs> <laughs> the last year has proven it to me. You can even ask uh, our dear beloved Graham about my ups and downs, but I still have love for it because it helped me to actually get to this point. I'm still in all that nearly two years later that I'm a podcaster and I'm helping the likes of you guys actually find your voices in the world. And it was all because a certain man said the words, <clears throat> and I quote, 
and everybody actually knows this story, and especially him. If my five-year-old son can do it, so can you. And that was the rest of the story. And I said, okay, okay, grab, I'll go ahead and do it. I didn't say it right there and then. So it took me to get on our dear friend Mags' show with uh, Paul Tully, his uh, podcasting wife, as he called him, and uh, the logo designer of my show, uh, Chris. I took the time at the end to basically say something along the lines of this. All right, Graham, back show. I actually took up your challenge. You wanted me to become a podcaster. Here it is. I am actually a podcaster as of right now. And then I went on Why We Watch and explained myself to Mags. And from that point forward, it's been a trying to get out as much content as I can, and I had reasons why not to, and I say to myself, looking back now, oh my god, it was so worth it. Without this platform, I don't know where I'd be from. Legit. So you can thank Graham for actually kicking me in the rear to get it in game. And I know you're listening, Graham. Thank you very much, sir. Much all right, so what keeps you fellas going in this crazy, dramatized production that is known as a sport? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the weird stuff in wrestling or the stuff that people don't usually like in wrestling. I think my, when I was younger and played Here Comes the Pain, my go-to character was Rico. So oh. all of the stuff that people normally are like, oh, why is that happening? I'm like, oh, this is cool. I have no idea what's going to happen next, you know? Like, I'm really excited about what happened on SmackDown last night. That's going to be some weird story stuff uh, with Adam Pearce and Roman Reigns. Oh, Jesus Christ. I did not <laughs> know anything like that was going on, but now that I do, I'm just like, oh, God. Adam Pearce and Roman. Okay, something's going on there. And now I got to read what happened after we're done, fellas. You got me kind of curious what's going on there. Oh, man. Uh, do you mind if I ask you this question, uh, Derek? Go right ahead. Please don't be offended, but are you gay? Am I gay? I am Pam. I have the flag right there in the background. You see it? Pam. You are part of the LBGTQ community. Yeah, Congratulations. You made uh, history with uh, Micah being the second full team that I actually interviewed. But you, my dear, are actually legendary in your own right because you join a random few LBGTQ community members that have joined my podcast. Thank you <laughs> so. for calling me legendary. I absolutely won't let it get to my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've actually had the honor of actually being, I will believe, let me see what uh, number now. All right, I've had on uh, Adam Potsednik, I've had on uh, Matt Willis and his boo-boo crust. Okay, you're number four. So, four. So kind of like uh, the four horsemen of the LBGTQ community. So, <laughs> So you actually are joining a nice uh, list of people. And 
thank you for coming on my show. I truly appreciate it. Wonderful. I will print t-shirts for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's going to make one Matt Willis out in the UK and his boo-boo bear very, very happy. And I think my new mentor, uh, Adam, would be kind of in awe. Like, oh, my God! (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so I gotta let him know after we're done with this that I actually have another LBGTQ. And I did not have any clue at all, at all, kids, what was going on. But then I had to ask out of curiosity. But thank you very much. All right, uh, Derek. I mean, Micah, excuse me. Uh, it's easy to get you too confused. All right, ready to rock and roll with your answer. Not LBGTQ in the wrestling bit. What keeps you going with it? I think what keeps me going is really like the people behind the characters. Like I I feel like I've invested so much of my time into this that like uh not in like a personal way, but like I care about who uh, some of these guys are behind the scenes because like I like Xavier Woods, like I watch up, up, down, down. So I feel like more of a personal connection to that. Oh, wow. You love uh, Austin Creed. Have you seen him before he was in WWE? Yeah, when he was in uh, TNA. Oh, good boy. Good boy. I, I like you even more. Austin Creed's a great guy. I loved him in TNA. I just wish they did more right by him more ways than one but uh i progress kids and anybody that knows my relationship with impact it's kind of and i wanted to get on them for reasons but uh my dear first fiance and i we got so enthralled in our pro wrestling history and just had too much fun to Try and turn on the impact. So next time around, if she comes on here, legit for season two, expect an impact burial. If you do not like impact kids, that's if you don't like impact. But I respect impact because of what they did do for me as a fan. So they'll always have a warm place in my heart, not a complete dumpster fire for them to burn it please do not take my anger for just pure hate it's just some things that impact has done seems a little bit too familiar in a certain other company but anybody that knows me knows that i crucify a certain top company but i'm trying to warm up a little bit better to that company as well as I age. Especially now that my dear friends over here gave me a little bit of a tidbit that Adam Pierce and Roman are in bed together for what it seems like to me. Okay, you got me enthused. Let's see where that goes. Alright, let's see. Can you name any Top three wrestlers that you've had growing up, kids. Mikey, you can go first this time. All right. I'll, uh, well, number one uh, probably would have to be The Undertaker. Ooh. All right. 
Uh, he a uh, big part of SmackDown in the 2000s. Uh, when I watched, uh, was always getting into one on ones via Teddy Long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teddy Long. <laughs> All right, continue. I'm sorry. Uh, number two, and I know this is apparently this is very controversial to even like or say his name. Uh, but but apparently it's a crime to like Cody Rhodes. Nope. <laughs> according according to our dear friend Matt Willis, it is it is a it is a damn shame that I enjoy Cody's work. Oh wow. Matt, I know you're listening, hon. We're gonna have to talk about you not liking uh Cody quite so much. Okay. I mean uh, uh, I may not be all over uh, AEW's uh, fan list, but something with Cody Rhodes is okay. He's all right. He's not completely bad of the bad. There are way worse wrestlers than him. And one guy is from Minneapolis, and he's actually in Canada as well, I gotta believe. And married to a uh, bona fide, uh, soon to be Hall of Famer one day, if WWE is smart. If they're <laughs> smart. That hasn't oh. happened in a while. <laughs> Good point, man. Good point, man. I like you even more. I like you even more. You're great. Uh, all right, finish up your list, my friend. Uh, num- number three. Uh, Easy is uh, the new double champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kota Ibushi. Ooh, okay. You're speaking to Jass O'Lane from uh, Russell Joy right now. Uh, okay, explain. Kota Ibushi not only is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but is one of the most underappreciated and undervalued wrestlers of all time. There is a reason that he has a lifetime contract with New Japan, and that's because they see the value that Kota Ibushi brings. He brings legitimate kickboxing and MMA to a, to a company that values the athleticism and the sport of pro wrestling over the entertainment. He has a moveset that rivals any luchador or strongman because it combines both. Ooh. And he's not just a singles competitor. He is a great tag and trios wrestler. There are some people, there are some wrestlers who are who have made their career just by being a tag or trios wrestler, which there's nothing there's nothing to complain about. But you can talk about Kota Ibushi's career as part of the Golden Lovers. Or in that uh trios match at the end of All In. And it he works well in a team, and that's what you need in a wrestler. Oh, man. That is quite a list. Okay, kids, if my memory serves me right, the top three for my dear friend that went first are <clears throat> The Undertaker at number one, number two, the controversial Cody Rhodes, and number three, we have Kota Ibushi. All right. <laughs> As far as Undertaker is concerned, he was one of my top favorite wrestlers of all time. I would put him in number and top five over anybody. And 
He was the one that kept me going after 2004. Jesus Christ. By rights, I should have been done with WWE in 2004 or 5. But the fact that Undertaker was around, (laughs) I said, yes! Yes, he's still here! Thank goodness, because he was still wrestling at that point. But then, as he got older, and I'm taking off my glasses, kids, right now. He overstayed his welcome. He overstayed his welcome. After 2012, that should have been the end of it. But then they all of a sudden made this storyline that the streak is his life force. That's what keeps him alive. And when he lost to Lesnar, I could hear the words, Undertaker has had the streak broken. It's time for him to pass on. But then WWE, known for bad storytelling, kids, they actually kept him going for another Jesus Christ. Five well, he's going to beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. That, we've already done that. We've already done that seven years ago. Love. We ain't doing that again. But if they are doing that again, uh, uh, that ain't going to fly because they've tried to retire this man too many times for me to count. And if they bring him back to squash the fiend, I don't care how long the match is. You've already did him wrong years ago as just Bray Wyatt. You are not going to bury the fiend as the fiend again under better circumstances. This guy is going to be with the company, not Mark Calloway or The Undertaker. Do the right thing, WWE, if you are listening to this. That's the only way that you can redeem yourselves as far as him losing some odd years ago. All right, uh, Cody. Cody, I, I met his dear, dear wife. I met her two years ago at Comic-Con, fortunately for me, when AEW was born. I said, this is quite a moment for me. I get to meet Mrs. Cody Rhodes. And she had along a whole bunch of other talent, like John uh, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, uh, who else? Nyla Rose, who's actually part of the LBGTQ community as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are living under a rock. I knew her from my local promotion, Warriors of Wrestling, where she was the women's champion not once, but twice. She made that belt into a world's title in Japan. And that's what won me over even more as a fan. And I told her this at Comic-Con, and she went crazy. She went crazy. Like, what? You followed me since then? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I've been a huge fan. All right, as far as uh, Cody Cody is concerned, he's a good wrestler. I know, Matt Willis, I can hear you right now. I can smell you right now. You are fuming. (laughs) You are so white hot, it can almost smell like ash because I'm praising Cody Rhodes. And anybody that knows me, I do not give AEW too many credits these days because of them getting on WWE's case with bad storytelling when they themselves can possibly do it too. (laughs) Oh my God. But Cody Rhodes, 
Everything that he's done up to now, I respected it. I loved him on Arrow. Whoever brought up Arrow earlier, I loved him on Arrow. He was legit on that show. I said, ooh, whoever wrote his character, God bless him. That is great stuff. And it made me more curious to watch him get eventually arrowed or killed on that show. Oh, oops. Uh, Matt Willis is now jumping up and down for joy because I said the words uh, Cody Rose has just died. Oh, man. On TV, that is. Not in real life, kids. Cody is still going. Still going. Uh, his championship runs... The most memorable for me, I would say, is his time in Ring of Honor. Because I was a Ring of Honor fan for umpteen years up to that point. And the fact that he won that belt before certain guys, I was like, excuse me, excuse me. This guy came out of nowhere and not only has come out of nowhere, he's part of Bullet Club and he's the world champion of this company. You must have. A lot of stake in him. You must have given him a shit ton of money. Legit. And lo and behold, I was kind of right. I just can't stand the storyline of how he became the world champion of Ring of Honor. It still boggles me to this day. Not that I hate Cody Rhodes. It's just the storyline that made me go, yeah. So you basically coerced uh, Ring of Honor into making you the world's champion on their live TV show. <laughs> you are one devious bastard. Legit. You really are. And that's what makes a great hill. They actually know how to make things go their way. Even if it seems like it's not in the realm of possibilities. So Cody Rhodes... Gets my thumbs up. Okay, and Kota Ibushi. Oh, Jesus Christ. That that dude. Oh, what can I say about him? Uh, he's a pretty good wrestler. I've seen him live at uh, Madison Square Garden. And to say that he wasn't worthy of being in that Intercontinental title match was a lie. I, I think that... For my heart of hearts, I was hoping that Minoru Suzuki was going to actually be in the either world title or in a continental, but I wasn't complaining completely because I knew that uh, Naito and Ibushi would actually have a great match. And they nearly killed themselves, which is part of their actual rivalry. And after that match, I said, please don't put these two together for a while. Please don't put them together for a while because they literally almost tried to kill each other. Matter of fact, I think Ibushi got the worst of it because he was like Wally Coyote, pretty much. <laughs> oh my God. Running all over the place, jumping off of stuff, and then hitting suplex after suplex. I think he even took like one on the ring apron, and I remember sitting in the crowd going, Jesus Christ. This guy has very high octane. He needs to pipe down a little bit. Just a little bit. But for all it's worth, I've seen his stuff as well. Especially when he was a junior. I loved his stuff as a junior. His match with uh, Prince Devitt, or excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that know my relation with 
Except with WWE, I don't like using slave names, but I will actually go ahead and say it anyway. Finn Balor. Finn Balor, ladies and gentlemen. And low-key, I say that was maybe one of the greatest Wrestle Kingdom matches I've ever saw. Hands down. And if anybody will take Wrestle Kingdom recommendations from me, I would say please look up Prince Debit versus Ibushi versus <clears throat> the other person that I mentioned earlier. You just rewind a little bit. But anyways, all right, my legendary LBGTQ friend, you're up now. All righty. So um, before I start with my top three, um, I need to shout out one wrestler. Uh, my, my dad told me to at least mention this wrestler once on this podcast because it's his favorite wrestler. But shout out to Rick Steiner. Uh, very, very good, very good in WCW. Uh, every time I go back and watch a WCW pay per view for fun, he's also one of my favorite people. So shout out to Rick Steiner. Oh, anyway, specs. Uh, my like- top three. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do like one from WWE, one from AEW, and then just a broad one, just in general. That um, is love. Go ahead. All right, so for AEW, I think my favorite AEW wrestler at the moment is Brian Cage. Ooh. Uh, I'm a big fan of, like, Haas wrestling and seeing how hard they can make it look like they're hitting each other. And Brian Cage uh, is gigantic, and he hits hard. And uh, in that ladder match that he debuted in, he nearly killed Darby Allen like four separate times. <laughs> uh, and that was just oh. a joy to watch. Team Taz is one of my favorite things going on in AEW right now. Uh, I love me some Taz. Well, we'll get to that point after you're done with the list. All right, continue. Love. All right, off to uh, WWE. Um, this is this is gonna be a hot take, but I'm a really big fan of Roman Reigns right now. Uh, I'm a really big fan of the whole tribal chief storyline he's got going on, being <laughs> a heel and literally almost murdering his own cousin in a Hell in a Cell match, and it's it's all it's it's tickled my my bone for for mean wrestlers. Uh, I, I quite like the stuff he's doing right now. Uh, this is this is also going into my I have a weird taste in wrestling. One of my favorite things that happened last year was the the end of the payback universal title match. That was the triple threat with uh Braun, the Fiend, and Roman, where Roman wasn't there for the entire match and came out in the last like ten minutes and just like signed his contract and like just swept everyone and won the won the title. I, I thought that was I laughed at that. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Uh, so Roman Reigns is is that one. We can oh. have a whole conversation about Roman Reigns if you want. Uh. Oh, you're speaking to my surrogate father right now. Uh, Raymond, I know you're possibly going to listen to this eventually, but uh, he's speaking about your uh, beloved Roman right now. And we will possibly have a talk about him somewhere down the line. But anyways, uh, all right, love, finish off your list, please. All right, I will finish off my list with uh, someone who's not signed to a company right now, uh, but in the past year or so, he's been my favorite part of Impact Wrestling. Uh, 
and always getting really close to winning, but never getting there. And that's uh, Trey from the Rascals. What? Oh, God. Uh, okay. My, my uh, inner soul right now. Go ahead. Yeah. He's just all, every time I've like sporadically tuned into Impact until the whole AEW and Impact thing happened. But every time I'd sporadically tune in, I'd go, wow, this Trey guy is amazing. And I always find myself rooting for him. And then he doesn't win usually in those singles matches that I want him to win in. A big one for me was him and Ace Austin at, oh, I forget which pay-per-view it was, but I loved Ace Austin, you know, sort of flirting with Trey's mom and and all of that <laughs> stuff. Oh. And he's not signed right now. And I know I'm pretty sure the other two rascals are signed to WWE and they're supposed to debut any day now, but he's not signed anywhere. And I just, I want to see him go somewhere, maybe new Japan, maybe do strong style or the U S show for a bit. Oh man. From what I understood, I thought he was already signed to WWE with the other two, but we shall find out where he goes and wherever he may rooms. Gotta be with him, especially if it's WWE land. <laughs> All right, kids, let's review the top list of my dear, dear love of a head. All right. And AEW land. We have the machine known as Brian Cage. Oh, man, you are speaking to my Lucha Underground and kind of impact right now. Oh, my God. I love Brian Cage. To quote, unquote, my dear friend in Japan, more than a straight man should. I love him. He's great. He was one of those guys that I thought was just an overwhelming juice head, but then uh, I saw him on uh, Lucha Underground, and I said, he's not quite so bad after all. He's got some talent to him. And then I saw him live last, no, not last year, two years ago. I saw him at uh, Russell Khan's U.S. versus the World. And he was in the main event against Masato Tanaka from ECW. Yeah, watch it. Watch it one day after this is done. And that match in itself was worth the main event. It truly was. I remember the the actual match being announced. And I said to my then fiance, I said, we're going. We're going. These two are getting in the main event. We got to go. We got to go watch it because it's absolutely going to kick ass. And lo and behold, it was worth every single dime that I paid. And we were in second row for that. I wish we were now front row. But, hey, I'm not knocking it. I love it. All right. In WWE land, now we have the Roman Empire himself, Roman Reigns. All right, I've made no bones about it. I didn't like how WWE used and abused the Roman character. Joanna Y, as a wrestler, is a great athlete. It's just the Roman character got used and abused. He should have stopped using the Shield gimmick after the Shield broke up. That's the main thing that bothered me. That plus uh, his, 
his actual story of how he became the world's champion after being the tag team champion for so long. And they portrayed him as a tag team wrestler mainly. Not saying that he never was worthy of the world title. He was worthy of it, especially knowing his family's heritage. Mm-hmm. Especially the biggest uh, member of that NOI family is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, kids. So it's in his blood. It's in his family's legacy. And eventually he was going to take that belt. But it's his rise that kind of bad me. What stopped my quote-unquote Roman hate, kids, is the fact that they let him be Joe. They let him be the man behind the character. And express himself that, hey, he's had this uh, style of cancer. He's had to be readmitted. He's losing the belt or whatever the case was. And then go away for a while. When he returned, I kind of popped a bit. I'm not going to lie. Because I thought, only God knows when he'll return. And when he did return, it was the right time. It was right for him to go heal. Finally, kids. They pulled the trigger. They pulled the trigger. Maybe too many years late, but I will give WWE credit. They turned the wool over our eyes and made him legit heel. Bam. Just like that. So WWE, listen up. If you actually are listening or anybody that has ties to WWE is listening to this, Zachary Shiloh is giving you props. That is hard words to come out of my mouth, especially from our dear friends, the Visionaries Cops, who knows that I cannot stand up WWE to degrees of storytelling. So one more time, kids, WWE, if anybody's listening from WWE, listen up again. Roman's storyline currently, congratulations. You won me over with it. And it does take a lot from you and your company to win me over. So keep up the good work and do not dismiss it until you find a way that fits Roman to turn face. All right. And the last one. Whoo, baby. That was great. Oh, man. Oh, man. Remind me again of uh, what was your third, your third one? Uh, Trey. Trey from the Rascals. Yes, I love the Rascals. Anybody that knows me, sometimes I actually will do this at work. I love doing the little Rascals thing. The Rascals, I would say, are the most underrated team in Impact history. Bar none. When I heard they were leaving, that only added to my ire for Impact. I said, how dare you? How dare you let the rascals go? They were basically your answer to the new day, except that here's guys that are not throwing pancakes from their crutches into the crowd or trying to get them to eat them right there and then. These guys are just straight up funny as they are. And when I learned about them, I said, ooh. I love these guys. They legit are great. I love them. And then I got the chance to see them at WrestleMania weekend, uh, I think, two years ago. 
and they were on this crazy show called uh, Pancakes and Pile Drivers 3 for uh, the Wrestling Revolver. I think they were like maybe early to mid-card. But either which way, when I heard the Rascals were coming on, I said, yes, child, yes, the Rascals are here. I cannot say anything bad about the Rascals. I've seen uh, Zach once, once by himself. And that was for GCW's Blood Sport in the fall of 2019. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I hope he's got quite a background to be a part of this. And lo and behold, Josh Barnett made a great decision having him on. He shocked me. I think that was maybe one of the top fights in blood sport history for me, like as far as like the mid card, not mid card, early card is concerned. I will put that over almost anything else because of how high octane and paced it was. I forgot who he was fighting. I think he was fighting uh, Anthony Henry, who was the full impact pro world heavyweight champion at that, that point. And I didn't think that Zach Wentz was going to win, but. He gave me a great showing, and I always say this, kids. Blood sport is the best sporting event in pro wrestling. Bar none, that's not called WrestleMania. For me, that's my WrestleMania outside of uh, Russell King. But anybody that's been listening to this show lately, <laughs> as far as New Japan is concerned, I have not watched Russell Kingdom this year. This is the first time I legit skipped it. Because the storyline for me was like, oh, no, no, no. We're not repeating this again. We're not repeating Naito's double goal uh, dash again. No, I'm not watching it. And lo and behold, as much as I like Kota Ibushi, the fact that he won the belt, I said, way to go, New Japan. You reminded me why I love Shinsuke Nakamura and miss him dearly. He should have actually had that honor that Ibushi and Naito have had. But I progress. Alright, so before we actually get into what keeps you going in the podcasting world, like, you've already touched upon how you legit, like, started it. But what cemented it for you guys? Um, I think what cemented for us was uh the introduction with the game show that we host, uh, Devoid Entertainment, because it just added such a diverse uh uh content piece for us that we keep doing, and it's allowed us to be creative in ways that like the regular podcast format uh can't let you do because podcasts are a conversation, and this is more like a an entertainment competition between your friends. Yeah, I'd have to agree, you know, that game show, the the Devoid Entertainment, it's been, in terms of, like, podcasting, it's been some of the most fun I've had, even just preparing for, like, when I would host one. Preparing is some of the most fun I've had doing any sort of this entertainment 
stuff that we've gotten ourselves into this past year. Oh, boy. Oh, man. What keeps me podcasting now? Oh, man. I think it's mainly the likes of you guys. The younger generation coming up. And the fact that you two are only 14 episodes in, from what I understand. Ooh. I'm looking forward to what you guys will bring next. Oh, boy, you really impressed me. Thank you, Graham. If you are watching or listening to this, these guys are great. They legit are. Okay, so as far as the podcasting world and pro wrestling is concerned, what made you decide to do it like straight up on the pro wrestling scene because there's so many of the people in the wrestling world kind of like the grands the matt willis's the queens of any uh who else the josh robinson's the everything pro wrestling's the mags's the general badlands and the list goes on and on uh what made you decide to actually come together and say okay we can do pro wrestling as a podcast do you want me to take this one? <laughs> you can, if you want. You seem like you're very excited to answer this. Question. Well, it's just well, that the, it's just that that our our podcast, our regular one, just kind of devolved into being a wrestling one. So we just decided, what if we just did a split and like made essentially an extension of our podcast where we just talk about wrestling, and that's we dedicate that because there's a lot of wrestling fans. But uh, are there a lot of wrestling fans who uh, who can talk as eloquently as Derek and I can, who are as, who are young at, like Derek and I? Because we know that uh, Matt has a six year old and uh, who podcasts. And Graham has a six year old. I don't think <laughs> I do not think that Matt has a six year old. No, he don't. But, uh... <laughs> Well, I you saw know Matt and Graham are listening to this too. Yeah, Graham <laughs> has a six-year-old. I caught myself. I just want everyone to realize that I caught myself. But, um, and Derek and I's interests in wrestling are so different. Like we're not that we and we don't agree. And like we're <laughs> very we're very open that we don't agree on a lot about wrestling. I think that's what works in our dynamic. Is that it's so different? It's it's not polar opposites, but it's the next best thing. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, I love that answer. All right, Derek, you're up. Man, I mean, I love disagreeing with Micah on wrestling. I think it's it's what keeps me really going in the wrestling podcasting is just, you know, I, I listen to all these wrestling podcasts, and, like, I feel like, not to, like, toot my own horn, but I feel like I just no. have such weird and different tastes in wrestling than almost everyone else I've ever interacted with. And I feel like that's what makes doing our wrestling podcast so fun is that I can put my voice out there as someone who I feel like has a lot of different wrestling tastes from people and then have a conversation about it with someone who, you know, has very different wrestling tastes than I do. Oh, that is a beautiful thing about being podcasters. I remember the very first time I ever heard Matt and Graham. They were so alike, but yet they were so different beyond the most obvious reasons. 
I remember hearing them and then saying, yeah, it's kind of like two brothers actually talking it out, where Graham would be more so of uh, the rough one and Matt would be the one that would try to find the positives in it. And I would say, hmm. And the fact that at the time we had like a 10-year-old Mason, I believe, and a five-year-old or four-year-old, four-year-old uh, Jackson going, good, back, good, back, good, back. <laughs> I thought that was maybe the best intro that I ever heard at that point. I even said this to Graham and Matt when I saw them in MSG. I said, that is basically the best intro I ever heard in my life. How you gone and got Graham's kids to actually do that, that was awesome. Or in present day text, chef's kiss. That was great. Oh, man. But you two kind of remind me of them in a sense. Oh, man. But now you're like, uh, correct me am I, if I'm wrong. Uh, you're in your 20s, right? Or, or 30s? I, I'm, I, I'm certainly in my 20s. I am 20. You're 20 legit? I am, yeah, I'm 20 years old. Oh my God. Blessings to you. Blessings to you right now for actually deciding to pick up that microphone. Oh man. Now I feel even more blessed. Thank you, Graham. You gave me almost teenagers that have <laughs> a certain duo from the Philippines that are on the way. But thank you, Graham. I will keep on saying this forever. Thank you, Graham. I did not know that they were in their 20s. Legit. I'm looking at you, Graham. I'm looking at you right now. I have no clue. This is a great surprise. Great surprise. We got hot young blood kids on my show. <laughs> Legit. And I'm happy and grateful that they came on. All right, fellas. It's been fun talking to you both. What can I do for you going forward? Whoever likes to start first, please step up. I think just keeping in contact, because, you know, this has been very nice. It sounds like, you know, a lot of other people who do wrestling podcasts and other types of podcasts. And I think I love being on other people's podcasts because it's just so much fun to get to meet different people through this medium. And so I think just keeping in contact with you and, you know, just chatting every once in a while. Oh, thank you, hon. You're making me blush. Thank you very much. All right, Micah, you're up, my friend. Um, yeah, I just think being, uh, being a, like a, a listener and like being a voice of like, uh being a voice of wrestling that we can talk to because uh you know there's not many there's not many other people that we can really talk to wrestling about uh, like i said we don't really know many other people we do have we do have friends but it is nice to talk about the thing that we're probably the most passionate about i mean we it's a for a lot of wrestling fans i feel like it's it's a except for Graham, maybe it's it's like a light, <laughs> It's a it's a lifelong kind of uh, thing that you kept along because Graham Graham's 
didn't really watch wrestling from what I remember our conversation. He, he started wrestling. He like, he's off and on. And so just to talk to somebody about wrestling. Oh man. And I will gladly talk to you guys. If you would have me on your show, uh, that would be cool. Oh man. <sighs> I actually said this to my mentor, Adam, a few days ago. I said, child, get the fan. So let me and myself right now. <clears throat> oh, man. You two have been quite a blast to have on. So what are your hopes for the future? Um... In terms of the podcast, I just hope that uh, we start like we start to have more of a outreach or impact. Uh, I'd be it'd be nice to to break through this circle, and I think conversations like this, where we get to talk to different people instead of just having our friends on, which is always nice, but it's nice to talk to new people, and I think doing that is a way to elevate uh, a product that I've I've been proud enough. To, to call a great success. In terms of... Oh, sorry. In terms... You can go first. Sorry. Uh, as far as my rebuttal to that, yeah, you two kids are great. And I would gladly come on your show if you ever had me on. It would be a legit honor. All right, uh, hon. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Uh, continue. Yeah. Um... I think in terms of hopes for the future, um, I want to interview more wrestlers. Um, not not to not to plug or anything, but uh, a couple months ago we had Griff Garrison on our podcast, mm -hmm. and that was that was a really cool experience because, at least for me, I've never really interviewed someone. Period, and so sort of jumping right on in with griff garrison of all people from all elite wrestling was it was very intimidating but it was a very rewarding experience at the same time oh man you two are fortunate to have even had a pro wrestler on your show me i just got one what was it i think back in december and i already knew him prior we had a dear friend of ours from japan who, who uh, we had got to know each other from and the fact that he became a pro wrestler i knew that i had somebody in the industry that i could go to and i said okay so you're a pro wrestler now i want you on my show let's talk wrestling and everything else and he, he threw it up in the air he said oh why don't we talk the uh, law of, of, of attraction i said okay yeah it's fine we can do that too i don't mind because anybody knows my opening deal now knows that <clears throat> this is the multi-dimensional realm that discusses the laws of attraction, combat, sports, comics, and more. So anybody out there that's a future guest or wants to be one, know that you are welcome to discuss any of those topics with me. I would love to have you. Thank you very much. All right, let's see. What else do I usually do towards the end? Okay, top three recommendations. I do not expect you to have them top right now, 
But can you have them for me within the next week or two if I was to tag you on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, fellas, that was great. But that said, it is time to hit the outro. And before we really hit the outro, thank you again, Graham. These kids are great. They are going to be something in the wrestling podcasting game. I can feel it. And we got to talk about getting them on uh, other podcasts because I think they will bring something to our little group that we know and love and I think more other people. So with that said, Thank you for being part of Roaming Around Black Lions Domain, kids. For and Derek, please take care of yourselves. And now we can hit the outro legit. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you to my guests for roaming around with me in Black Lions Domain. I truly appreciate it. The time was well worth spent. Please follow said person or persons on their social media accounts or email them. Please email me at zacshi130 at gmail.com. You can find me on social media as Zachary Shiloh and Black lion one three zero respectively on facebook instagram and twitter also listen to this show by multiple means of places like speaker spotify stitcher and apple pods i'm sure there's others i do have a youtube page please subscribe i am under zachary shiloh Please take care of yourselves and each other. I love you all. Bye.